1: Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans.
0: ...that a lot of us have been paying attention to for a while, and this is Alec Baldwin, who was charged, who apparently will be charged with involuntary manslaughter in the Rust killing, according to all the different newspapers. And the reason they're reporting this is obviously because the prosecutors have told them it's going to happen. Now, this is Santa Fe, New Mexico. This isn't New York, California, or Connecticut. It's its own place. And what's really interesting is that the chief prosecutor on this case is also a member of their own state legislature. Talk about wearing a couple of different hats. A little interesting tidbit details. But uh, in case you are not familiar with the essential facts of what happens, what happened here: Alec Baldwin was on a shoot. He was filming a film called Rust, and it was a western. And if any of us have seen Westerns, we know that Westerns, they used to be known as the genre shoot-em-ups. they are 'em ups So there are a lot of guns that happen in Westerns. And because they had guns, they needed to have people that would watch the guns, handle the guns, and make sure that the guns had blanks. What happened on the set of Rust, which is described now as a low-budget Western that Alec Baldwin was filming, but also had an executive producer credit, and that becomes important for purposes of law and other principles of law. He was on the set one day, and Helena Hutchins, 42 years old, this beautiful, young, talented mother-wife cinematographer, according to him, told him to shoot at her because she was taking a picture, and she wanted the shot of him shooting the gun at her, the shot that we're familiar with as the audience when we watch so many dramas, so many shoot 'em ups And what he did was he shot her and he killed her. He killed her because he thought he was shooting a blank and it turned out he was shooting a live bullet. Now, there is no question in this case whatsoever that this was an accident. How do we define an accident? Something bad happens unintentionally. Unintentionally. There's no question that he that he in in the immediacy of all of this, he had enormous shock and grief and sadness, as obviously the family of Helena Hutchins had. And then it becomes incumbent upon the rest of society to say, How the hell did that happen? What happened? And it's not the first time that an accidental shooting on a film shoot has killed somebody. But it may be the first time in a very long time that such a prominent actor is the person to have pulled the trigger. So this happened over a year ago. And yesterday, prosecutors said they would be charging Alec Baldwin with two counts of involuntary manslaughter, saying that they believed he had a duty to ensure the revolver was safe to handle, and the reason Andrea Reeb, the special prosecutor in the interview, said she is doing this is that, number one, we're trying to definitely make it clear that everybody's equal under the law, including A-list actors like Alec Baldwin, which is really interesting because we punish individuals, not classes of people in this country. And number two, we also want to make sure That the safety of the film industry is addressed and things like this don't happen again, which suggests that they want to make an example of him to deter future crimes. Again, not the way typically prosecutors are supposed to be looking at individual fact circumstances. That's why I told you I thought it was fascinating that this woman is also a policymaker in New Mexico. She's a legislator. You really can't think with both hats at the same time. Either you're thinking about deterrence and making rules and regulations going forward in general to prevent this kind of catastrophe from happening again, happening again or as a prosecutor, you have a laser beam focus on one particular set of facts and circumstances to decide whether a particular individual should be criminally liable and go to jail for a crime. Now, I would just want to give you a little bit of criminal law 101, because I happen to have gotten an A in criminal law at NYU law school, and I didn't get many A's, which is why I remember them. Okay, you could basically put them on one or two hands, maybe top. I went to a very hard law school, and this was a first year course, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But somehow I managed to get an A in criminal law, because I got it. Let me tell you what I got. Here's the essence. You want to get an A in criminal law? Here's how you do it. Professor Steuben, I remember his name. The essence of criminal law in American jurisprudence is what is the intent with which you did the act? In law, we separate criminal law into two things, intent and what we call the overt act, the act itself. So, If you intend to hurt somebody, but you never pick up a weapon and you never do it, you don't go to jail. You can intend all you want. You can play mind games all you want. But if you don't have an overt act, hey, nobody's hurt. You don't go to jail. And if you do something to somebody and you hurt them, but it is truly an accident, I'll give you an example. Uh, And there are so many in life that happened. But let's just say um, by accident, your foot, you're sitting in a chair in the wrong place and or you're just sitting in the chair and your ankle is out, you've crossed your legs and somebody is walking past you and they trip and fall. Now, you didn't stick your leg out. You're just sitting there. They trip and fall because they weren't walking far enough away from your foot because they weren't paying attention because their face was in an iPhone. They trip and fall over your foot. You say, I'm so sorry. I'm so, my foot was here, but I didn't mean to trip you. I didn't mean for you to fall down. That was an accident. I'm sorry. You don't go to jail, no criminal intent. The criminal intent part is called mens rea, and the act part is called the overt act. The mens rea and the overt act. Now, we have classifications in our criminal penal codes about different mens rea, and depending upon the mens rea, that actually controls the penalty. So the number one mens rea is what we call premeditation. If you have plotted and planned like an Agatha Christie murder mystery, and you have created a situation in your life where this is something that we all know you intended to do because we can find evidence that you planned it, that's premeditation. That's numero uno mens rea. You get the harshest punishment for that. Okay? That's Criminal intent 101. You plan to do it, you intended to do it, we know you intended to do it because you planned to do it. Premeditation, number one, mens rea, harshest punishment. And then we go down from there. We go down from there to something called voluntary manslaughter. What's voluntary manslaughter? Well, voluntary manslaughter could be this: it could be that you punch somebody really, really hard, and in that instant. The law believes that you wanted to kill them, but you say, well, I didn't really want to kill them, but I knew I really wanted to hurt them. I knew I really wanted to hurt them. Voluntary manslaughter. In the heat of the moment of the fight, you do something with an intent to hurt somebody and there's an overt act. They get hurt and they die. Voluntary manslaughter comes right down once from premeditation murder you got premeditated murder, voluntary manslaughter, and then you have this, this involuntary manslaughter. Now, many different states define it a little differently. Typically, it means something you did, an overt act in which somebody died. There's the element manslaughter. But the law can't quite say, we can't look at the facts and say that we know that you really wanted to have it happen or that you did something wanting to hurt somebody and they died involuntary manslaughter, that's what they think falls into the fact pattern of Alec Baldwin here. They may be right. A jury may agree with them. We'll find out. But involuntary manslaughter, typically at the law, might be something like this, and this would be very close to what we call criminal negligence, which is, let's say you already, you knew that you were drunk, and you got behind the wheel of a car, which after all can be a lethal weapon, and because you were drunk, and you were driving, and you knew that you were drunk. You had a sense of your own intoxication. You had a reckless disregard for the fact that you shouldn't be getting behind a wheel. You get behind a wheel, you go 105 miles an hour, and you kill somebody else. You walk out unscathed, but somebody else is dead. In some states, involuntary manslaughter. The law's not going to say you actually wanted to kill that person. But the fact of the matter is, you did a series of acts that the law is going to find you responsible for because that person died. Because nobody forced you to take that drink. And once drunk, nobody forced you to get behind the wheel of that car and drive. So you're going to be found liable in some states for involuntary manslaughter. Sometimes it'll be one down criminal negligence, reckless disregard for human life. Now, in this case, and that's a little bit of my 101 criminal,
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com newsadfree free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
0: Now, in this case, we'll get back to Alec Baldwin in just a moment. Two oh three, 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 nine, four, two, two, as we apply the facts to the law and we see what the prosecution's argument is and what the defense's argument is. I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be right back. If it's happening today, we're talking about it now. Join us, 203-333-9422. The Lisa Wexler Show, WICC's 600 AM and 1073 FM. So what happened in the Alec Baldwin case? The film's armorer is named Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. She loaded the gun that day, and she was responsible for weapons on the set. They say that she's also going to be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. The film's first assistant director, Dave Halls, who actually handed Mr. Baldwin the gun, agreed to a plea deal on a charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon because obviously they need somebody's testimony to make this happen in court. And if all of them are defendants, nobody's going to say anything. So Dave Hall got immunity in exchange for a plea deal. Now, many people are shocked that Alec Baldwin is going to be charged with criminal charges. A lawyer for Mr. Baldwin said the prosecutor's decision, quotes, distorts Helena Hutchinson's tragic death and represents a terrible miscarriage of justice because, he said, quote, Mr. Baldwin had no reason to believe there was a live bullet in the gun or anywhere on the movie set. He relied on the professionals with whom he worked, who assured him the gun did not have live rounds. We will fight these charges and we will win. Now, SAG-AFTRA is the union that represents film, television, and radio workers. They said that Miss Hutchins' death was a, quote, preventable tragedy, but that it was not a failure of duty or a criminal act on the part of any performer. They say an actor's job is not to be a firearms or weapons expert. So... It's very interesting here how the state of New Mexico thinks it can allocate responsibility. You heard what I said earlier, that the reason that this prosecutor is going to be doing this is to deter others and to let the world know that A-list actors are not exempt from the law. That You know, there's equal justice under the law. But the question is, is it just to accuse him of a crime here? Is there any sense whatsoever— that he intended to harm Helena Hutchins, because if he didn't intend to harm Helena Hutchins, then our penal law would suggest that he should not go to jail for that act. Now, should he be held responsible in another way with monetary damages? Sure, because we have much different standards for that. And we have much different notions of negligence and liability for that. And even in that, he might be able to argue, look, I was just obeying the order of the cinematographer on the job. That's very nice. Thank you, Yofi. And I was also not only obeying the order of the cinematographer on the job, but I was also uh, doing what I was told to do. And based on the information that I had, that was given to me by the arms expert that we hired in order to supervise this production. Now, he's also an executive producer on this. So when you talk about civil liability, he may, in fact, be liable as a producer under the theory of respondeat superior. Respondeat superior, which is a fancy Latin term, holds and is a principle of law that says that if you are working under the um, supervision of someone else, that when you move up the chain, the buck stops here. You've heard that phrase. Well, the buck stops there in law a lot as well. So sometimes somebody who didn't actually get their hands on the details of what happened can still be held responsible in a court of law because of the supervisory requirements that are required in connection with one's job. So is it possible that the production would have to pay Helena Hutchins? I would think almost certainly so. Almost certainly so. And that as an executive producer, he would have had some responsibility with that? Almost certainly so. But does that mean as a human being, he should go to jail for shooting her? Well, we'll we'll find out what the jury says. I will say this, 203 interested in your thoughts on this. I will say this. Um, I think that Alec Baldwin, and this is my own opinion, when this all happened, Alec Baldwin was very contrite. And he was shocked, and he was sad, and he was sorry. And somewhere along the line, we keep reading in print that he's not, quote, taking responsibility, that he doesn't feel he is, quote, responsible. I think that that's not quite true either. He may not be criminally responsible, and he may be found to be completely exempt from any kinds of intent or negligence that would arise to a criminal act and we'll have to see again once what the jury will say in new mexico but but he of course has some responsibility as a human being and as a society we have to understand and accept that as human beings he pulled the trigger by the way he says he didn't pull the trigger but the um, prosecutors say they definitely think he pulled the trigger. He says he pulled the hammer. Now, I'm not a gun person, so obviously he believes there's a very significant distinction. He says he pulled the hammer or he got the hammer ready and it went off, quote. Uh, but the uh, people who looked at the gun said, no, gun's uh, evidence said, that no, 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 he pulled the trigger. But no matter what, it was his finger that did something that caused the bullet to dislodge from the gun. And so he is a very important cog in that wheel. And I think as a society, American society, because of all of our lawyers, because of all of our fears that come from all of our lawyers about the liability that is associated with taking responsibility, we do not have a culture. I don't know if we ever did have a culture, but in my lifetime, we don't have a culture where people come in front of the microphone and say, it's my fault and I'm sorry. And I'm so sorry. And I'll fight my fight in court about whether or not I think I should go to jail because I don't think I should go to jail because I never meant for this to happen and I'm not a criminal. And if I could have turned back the clock, believe me, I would be the first one to do it. And I wish I could compensate this family for the loss of their mother and their wife and my friend. And, and I wish I could, and I have nightmares every night, and I'm so sorry. But this is the definition, from my point of view, of a terrible accident. But even in accidents, people are responsible. And I just think we have a culture right now, because of the law, because of our fear, because of, uh, of people that clang around with lawsuits and march around with threats, That we don't have enough people in society taking responsibility. And we would be better off as a culture and society if people were more willing to say, "Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. And obviously, if I didn't do this thing with the gun, she wouldn't be dead. And so obviously, I share in some responsibility here. And I'm going to do whatever I can for the rest of my life to try and make up for that. And I know that in the immediate aftermath of this, those are the kinds of words that came out of Alec Baldwin's mouth. But now we are a year later, and now he's had to lawyer up, and now he's had to look at the definition of what it means to be criminally responsible. So he's using words like, I'm not responsible. And we do that a lot in America. We do that because we have crusading lawyers that like to assign blame everywhere even when we know the entity or the person isn't really to blame. It's a stretch. It's a stretch we make as a matter of public policy to try and deter. We see this all the time, but it's a stretch, but we stretch it and we stretch it and we stretch it and we hold companies liable and organizations and entities liable. And the reason that we try and do that is because we're frustrated with the legislative process And we're frustrated that we can't change the laws in the way we want to. So what we do is we take a particular set of facts and we say, okay, if we can find this industry or this player, this this big entity responsible, then maybe it will force that entity to change some things so that these kinds of horrible scenarios won't happen again. And so we try and do that. But when you put an individual in jail to try and deter recklessness and negligence on a movie set, You have to be very sure that there is some grounding in the law to do that. You want to hold SAG after responsible as a union? Okay, let's think about that. You want to hold uh, the organization that created the film, the company, that clearly was uh, negligent in allowing live rounds. You know, they found another five bullets, live bullets on the set after Helena was killed wasn't the only live bullet. You want to find that entity responsible and do something about it and deter it? Absolutely. And we'll have to see what happens in New Mexico. But this idea of responsibility, of owning up, of just saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I think America would be better off if we had more people doing that.